Hello, Cherokee County. Join me as we get to know Britt Rose, a former Starbucks barista, who is now the charmingly enigmatic owner of East Main Cafe, a popular coffee shop in downtown Canton, located in the heart of Cherokee County. A true wayfarer who spent three months in Asia, spent time traveling in Europe, and tells us of his exotic trip to Amsterdam, the erotica capital of the world. A story which you can hear on patreon.com slash neighborswanderers. Britt has chosen to make Cherokee County his home. And what is it that makes it so special? Why is Canton home? And who are the people and community that call his wandering heart back? I'm your host, Rachel Reagan, and you are listening to Neighbors and Wanderers. So, just to kind of get a sense of who you are, you're from Cherokee, right? Yes. All right, what part of Cherokee? Um, I am originally from Woodstock, but I've lived in Canton for probably 25 of the 32 years I've been on Earth. Okay, so what high school did you go to? I went to Sequoia very briefly. I was not a good student. (laughs) Okay. I like to sit in the lunch class more than actually go to class. So after that, I went to Crossroads. Oh, okay. I taught at both of those places. Yeah, I went to Crossroads for a little bit, didn't do much there. And then I eventually got my GED. Has that helped you with anything, or is it just a piece of paper? No, not at all. It's just a piece of paper. Okay, did you go to college? I went to college for a little bit until I saw the number that they wanted me to pay them. And then I said, (laughs) oh, no, thank you. No, thank you. I'll continue working at the coffee shop and um, spent that money traveling instead. Okay, where do you like to travel? I really like to go all over. Um, But my favorite place that I've been has been Southeast Asia so far. Ooh, like Thailand or Thailand, what? yeah, okay. Thailand. Um, been to Laos, the Philippines, um, Indonesia, Cambodia. What's your favorite of those? I don't know. It's tough because I think every place has its own own special kind of magic, and each place has its own kind of food. Mm-hmm. Um, it has its own attractions, but the beaches everywhere over there are very nice. Oh yeah. Did you ever go whitewater rafting in Thailand? I did not in Thailand, but I did when I was in Nepal. Oh. I took a three-day whitewater rafting trip down the Kalikandaki River and camped out alongside it, and it was a really great experience. Did you run into any animals there? Not in in Nepal very much. Mostly, there was just a bunch of yaks. (laughs) Okay. Yaks. But I went for a hike one morning and came across a wild python. That was sunning itself, and I was out there by myself, and I saw that. I'm not much of a snake person, and it (laughs) But they're so pretty. Oh, it was, but then it made me immediately look up in the trees Mm -hmm. and look and see if there were any other creepy crawlies around in the middle of the jungle. But there were not, but I left there pretty quick. Well, not that you saw. Yeah, not that I saw. How big was it? It was wrapped up on a a rock, but it was... It was, it was huge. But then on the scooter ride over there, there was a cobra that went across the road in front of me. And that was even more nerve-rattling. So did you catch any snakes while you were over there or just watch them from a distance? No, 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 no. I, I don't want to catch any snakes. No offense <laughs> to you snakes. Fair enough. So you wouldn't be visiting any of the zoos that let you sit there and pet them and hold them? I have no interest in petting a snake. I like to look at them, though. I like to observe all wildlife from a safe safe distance. Okay, what do you consider safe distance? 
Do you like the glass barriers like at the zoo? There could be a glass barrier, <laughs> or you could be riding on the back of, you know, uh, all-terrain vehicle and observing it, you know, on down the <laughs> way a little bit. I think there's different different safe distances depending on the situation. You said you worked in a coffee shop for years. You worked in Starbucks, right? Yeah, I worked at Starbucks for uh, like 10 years. And when did you leave Starbucks? Like yesterday? It was the day before yesterday. Okay. Seems like it's been about three and a half years ago. Okay. So time has really been flying. I got a job at Starbucks and then I, uh, <laughs> I just never grew up. 12 years later, here we are. Here we are. So when did you open uh, East Main? About a year and a half ago. How did you go from Starbucks to owning your own coffee shop in such a short amount of time? Well, I worked here with a buddy of mine uh, for about a year and a half, and he decided to take a different business direction. And so it was kind of just laid out as far as, you know, just I could either have this place and, and do my own thing or go find a, another job somewhere. And I like it here in Canton, and I love the people, and I wanted to stay around, so it just kind of just kind of worked out. It wasn't something I really planned out. Okay. Um, my wife helped me out a lot as far as incorporating and getting all the documents together, and, and we, just, uh, we just did it. How'd you show up here, Ellie? I showed up here because I begged Britt to hire me. You had to beg him? I did Is she a terrible beg. worker? <laughs> We're trying to work on that. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> no, Ellie no. is wonderful. She's really the, the only person I wanted to work here. Just we needed the timing to work out. Ah, So it okay. finally did. Nice. So did you start just when he opened or shortly thereafter? I started... About a year? Yeah, a year, year after. later. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. So you said you got it from a friend. Was that Peter? Yeah, Peter Williams. Okay. So what exactly happened to Cup Up Coffee? He just got tired of it or I think so I think he wanted to explore some different ventures in life and um, I think he really honestly wanted to get into more of the roasting side and with our location here it was kind of a limitation and so he uh, he moved on so do you like more customers rather than focusing on the roasting I would like to learn how to roast I I mean that's the best part of my job is is getting to pal around with my friends all day it doesn't even feel like I'm really working uh, <laughs> most of the time 99% of the time, it's, it doesn't even feel like work. You know, every once in a while you have an occasional situation where it does feel like work. But outside of that, I just hang out with my friends and drink coffee and we shoot the breeze. We take bets on how many people drive the wrong way each day here. And <laughs> Who wins the most? Well, today the over-under was two and a half and we're at three right now. So I think J.R. Cochran uh, okay. is winning the pot today. <laughs> So do you do it just per day or do you do it like over the course of a week or does it depend? I can't keep up with that many. So <laughs> on just a day-to-day basis, it's just one of the the uh, stupid things we do. Do you like people watching? I do love people watching. That's one of my favorite things to do here or anywhere in the world that you go. I think that's really one of the best things to do anywhere. I think you can tell a lot by just sitting in a coffee shop or sitting in a train station or sitting in a park and just observing life as it goes by. Mm-hmm. Just like this little kid right here. Yeah. He's precious. You so just cute. you just wonder yep. what is going through his mind. At this point it looks like he's trying to figure out how to walk straight. I've had those nights know. before. <laughs> so what about you? Are, do you join in on the wrong way pool? Uh, occasionally. 
Do you win, or do you just roll your eyes at them? Usually I just roll my eyes at everything they say. That happens a lot with her. Yeah, unfortunately. I'm usually surrounded, it's usually a group of men at the bar when I happen to be working. And oh. Doesn't that feel good to be surrounded by a bunch of not, handsome, not handsome I need, men? I need females to like balance out. So Are they like a bunch of guy talk? Yeah, like yeah. college jocks just kind of. I wouldn't say that. Just the guys that are around town. All the regulars that come in for oh. coffee. The girls stay away from here. We like to call ourselves <laughs> the frequent delinquents. That is that is what they call themselves. J.R. Cochran coined that one. Do you actually do anything that's delinquent? Or do you just like playing around with it? My wife is an attorney. She's told me to not say anything. But (laughs) I will this time. Smart advice. (laughs) She's very, very smart. Nothing that could get you in serious trouble. I think that's the line. You know, there's a a difference between fun pranks. Mm -hmm. Confused, don't abuse. That Larry does not like. (laughs) And, you know, harmful things. We don't want to do anything harmful. We just really want to make people laugh and enjoy life. Fair enough. I think that's really one of my main goals at work is to just make people laugh and forget about the tough things that are going on. Nice. Okay, so you keep mentioning your wife. Where did you meet her? I met her at Starbucks, actually. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. Love in a coffee shop. Was it love at first sight or did you have to work for it? No, it actually was. As soon as I saw her, I told my buddy Matt Dunnigan, I was like, This is the one for me. I'm going to marry this girl. And uh, I kept that job at Starbucks for years just so I could spit (laughs) game at Jenny. (laughs) Okay. So is she really the one responsible for you getting this because you stayed so long? I think so. She is the hardest worker I've ever known. And she makes me want to work very, very hard. But I think she needs help um, relaxing sometimes. So I think that's where the balance comes in. Okay, I'm going to say, I think she needs help. I was like, okay, where are we going No, now? no, she doesn't need help with anything other than just learning how to turn it off because mm-hmm. her job is pretty intense sometimes and it can be hard to leave it out of the shower. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't think I've ever heard that term before. Well, I don't think they, I have well they say you shouldn't take your work with you into the shower because you, you do need time to reboot mm-hmm. and enjoy just just being you know i it's it's hard to do that huh i've always heard the home but the shower actually makes more sense don't take your work with you to the shower (laughs) okay (laughs) but can you take fun with you to the shower oh yeah okay (laughs) oh yeah all sorts of fun so you said it took years does that mean she wasn't really into you well she had a boyfriend at the time (laughs) and so i didn't try and sabotage anything that was very kind of you but eventually i did i eventually texted her. I said, hey, you should dump your boyfriend and date me. And then she responded with, that's something that we shouldn't talk about over text. So I got in my car, I drove over to office, and I said, hey, you should dump your boyfriend and date me. I'm much better. <laughs> and and that was that. Okay, so it's kind of like that Shawn Mendes song? I don't know. <laughs> I can treat you better. <laughs> I, I, I told her that. And, nice. and I, I hopefully am. I think I am. Well, she married you, so something worked out right. So how long after you started dating did you actually get married? Was it another few years? About a year and a half. Nice. Okay. I had my appendix blow up on me (laughs) and got really, really sick for about three months. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I think certain life events can can cause you to have different perspectives and you realize that tomorrow might not be a promise. So I didn't want to wait anymore. So... 
we we just did it. We just went to the courthouse and got my friend uh, Judge Harris mm-hmm. to to do it, and and that was that. We actually bought our house at ten that day, and then we got married at two. Nice on the same day. So it was it was really a fun filled day. Okay, so I'm seeing a theme here. You have a good friend who's a judge. You married an attorney, and you call yourself a juvenile delinquent. Does that all kind of correlate? Well, thankfully, I've never seen Jackson outside of the coffee shop. I've known him for about 12 years now. Okay. Uh, just from coming into Starbucks. There's a trend here. I met Ellie at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. I think coffee shops are really a great way to meet people. Apparently. You said you've traveled a lot. What about your travels made you... What Did you see anything that made you want to come back? Or why, why did you choose Canton? After everything you've seen and done, why come back here? Well, it's home first and foremost, and all my mm-hmm. family is here. So I think family is one of the most important things to me. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, I think no matter where you grow up, you always think your hometown is this boring place and you just want to get out and you want to just move along and and never come back but actually going on trips and and seeing the rest of the world has made me really appreciate having such a sweet place as Canton to be my hometown you know every time I come home I just think like man it is really good to be home it is really good to see all these nice folks here and I think that's kind of turned the opposite way it hasn't made me want to move elsewhere it's actually made me really appreciate and love uh, my hometown and all the people that are here. But I think traveling and, and seeing some of the world, you get to experience a different culture and it gives you a different perspective of okay. how life is outside of, you know, our country because we have it so good. Like we really mm-hmm. do have it the best. Does that affect your principle of how you work and how you function within the business? I think so. I try and have a world coffee view. I try and go to these different places and see how they do stuff and try and bring a little bit of inspiration back home because it is tough to hop on a plane and fly 30 hours to Nepal, you know, on a whim. But, you know, you can try and bring some of that home with you and and give people here a taste of some different cultures and maybe that inspires them to go, go see things. What about Copan? I know that's not entirely a a culture, but they're based in something that starts with an N. Is it Nicaragua? It's a, a region in Honduras, actually. Honduras. What is wrong with me? Uh, so <laughs> the people we get our coffee from have been our fifth-generation coffee farmers. They've had mm-hmm. the farm for about 50 years now. And they've over that course of time, they've really created a, one of the most sustainable, uh, ethically-driven farms, I think, anywhere in the world, really. Um, they treat all their, their workers with, you know, the nicest facilities, the best kitchens. Um, they don't over over farm their mm-hmm. their land down there. They use really nice, clean machinery to process the coffee. So I feel like we're really fortunate to have stumbled upon each other. Um, Harry and Leticia have been absolutely wonderful to us, and mm-hmm. you know we've become pretty good friends over about the six or seven months that we've been doing business with each other. Okay. Um, I really want to get down to the farm as soon as I can, but duty calls sometimes, so I'll get down there someday. <laughs> One day. Yeah. And they're veteran-owned, is that right? Yes, Leticia's dad is. Um, and so that's where the, the veteran, veteran-owned veteran comes in. 
Nice. Do they support veterans or oh, absolutely, hundred percent. In your travels, you went to Amsterdam recently. I did. You? I'm supposed to ask you about the blue light district. I love it there. Not in the blue light district. <laughs> Some people might, but that's not quite my my scene down there. <clears throat> I like it better with the red lights. You prefer experiences to things, and you're obviously open to whatever happens to come. I along. definitely like experiences more than things. I think things are a tool to get to those experiences. Do you provide it? Obviously, not that type of experience. No, <laughs> but just on the weekends. <laughs> do you provide experiences for your customers? Is that how you have built this community? Is to provide an inviting atmosphere? How would you? Oh, I think that's that's really one of the the goals of uh, my day to day is to provide a, a welcoming experience, to provide a fun experience, a stimulating experience. Maybe not in the same way as Amsterdam, but. <laughs> So it's an interesting choice of words there. Thank you. This is very much a family environment, so it's not just yes. your hipster types. No, I, I like to welcome everybody. I I don't want to shun anybody. I, I want to make everybody feel welcome. Hopefully it's the butterfly effect. For people who don't understand, would you elaborate? You look well, confused hopefully now. Hopefully our kindness will spread out. Well, other yeah, I mean, hopefully, wanna, you know, you want to have a good time, you know. You you set this thing into motion. You set these good vibes into motion and then they spill out into the world and you know, cuz you don't ever know what somebody's going through and mm -hmm. what kind of tough things we we face each day. But maybe their smile makes another smile that makes another smile. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing some of your experiences. Oh, thank you for having us. I hope I didn't wreck your ears out there. You actually have a very pleasant voice. Thank so you. So I haven't, don't have a lot of experience just with recording, but from acting and stage presence, I would assume that it sounds very soothing on the mic. Well, thanks a lot. I hope we can come back sometime. Oh, absolutely. Our producer, Joseph, sat down with Ellie, Britt's longtime friend and coworker, to talk about Britt. That is, until Britt himself walked over and joined in again. Ellie Cordery is a soft-spoken pianist and poet majoring in English at Kennesaw State University. Ellie joined us because it's kind of hard to talk about Britt without talking about Ellie. So why did Britt pick you to work at East Main Cafe? You wanted to ask me that? And yeah, not... yeah. Why, why did Britt pick you? Because he keeps coming back to you were the one, you were the one, and I want to know, like, why do you think he picked you? Well, I would hope that he picked we worked together at Starbucks mm -hmm. and had a very good time together always enjoyed working with each other um, I hope that he saw how hard I try to work and you know wanted that around in his coffee shop but I don't really know why I just I mean I like I said I begged him to hire me mm -hmm. until the timing worked out I would just give him crap every time I came in mm -hmm. and then Finally, he the timing worked out. So, and Rachel mentioned that you are also a musician of 16 years. I've played the piano since I was four. Yeah, okay. so it's fun. I dabble. I don't play it. <laughs> I know I don't play as much as I used to anymore. But mm -hmm. this year, I've been trying to play a lot. That was one of my resolu. I'm one of those people that makes a New Year's resolution. Mine was to start playing the piano mm. more often than I have been. Okay, and I want to know in your in your opinion, what do you think makes East Main Cafe special? Because I know you think very highly of it. We've talked uh, on numerous occasions. Because anybody that comes in and sits at sits at the bar, just kind of understands. You're, it's like going it's going to like an actual bar. You're going to sit there and have a conversation with the the bartender or the barista or whoever. Yeah. And I know that you think very highly of this place. I just think that 
you know, with Britt being here, when I come in as a customer, he's always so much fun to talk to. He engages everybody in the conversation. So you're getting to know new people. Even if you don't know their name, you're having, you know, an hour-long conversation with them sitting at the bar. And it's just, I think that in a lot of ways it feels like home almost like you could like it's like you said it's like a family environment so you come in and I just think that that's a very it's very rare that you find a place that you go in and they know you and they're ready for you to come in and like sit down and hang out with them for a while and I think that makes it really special do you remember the first time you met Britt I do (laughs) so when I was younger, I would get dropped off at the Starbucks over in Riverstone, which is where Britt worked, and I would sit and read on my Friday nights, and I would sit at the bar, and there, were, there was a coffee display over behind Britt, and there was one day that I came in, and you know they were all the same color except for one was off, and I asked him to move it politely just so that it would match and they would all look like they were correct next to each other in the same color, and so every time I came in after that, he would purposely start messing them up and put them in different patterns to bother me. And that just, that's how we became friends, was just him giving me crap for my OCD issues. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's friendship. It is friendship. So what does the day look like with you two from like sunup to sundown when you guys are working here or, or even at Starbucks back in the day? Like what, what did the day look like? Here, you know, we don't, whenever I'm working is usually Britt's time off. Mm. So he gets to go hike or go sleep or run errands or whatever he has to do mm-hmm. with his day. Um, so unfortunately, we don't get to work together too often. But I just nice like to, to come in and bother that you have so him. Much faith in that you can just leave the ship to and go do, do other things. I'm glad that you trust me with the ship. 100%. And you two are kind of polar opposites too, because uh, you you mentioned that you were not very studious, but no, not at all. Ellie, on the other hand, is very studious. You're like you're in college. You're on your uh, what year? I'm a sophomore right now. Yeah, and you're majoring in English. Mm-hmm. So two very different people. And Ellie, now I'm, most people do love to travel. Do you like to travel? I have always really wanted to travel. Haven't gotten the chance, but this okay. summer I'm actually going to Europe, so I'll really? get my first experience abroad you, which is exciting. Britt needs to share his notes. Oh, I know. I've been asking for notes for years. I've been asking for notes. He has given me a lot of good Where tips. in Europe? Uh, this summer I'm going to Amsterdam and Italy and yeah, of course. You know, Amsterdam. I have some <laughs> recommendations for you actually. Oh, do you? <laughs> Based on a, Based yeah, on a previous story. Based on another interview, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can't imagine what that would be. I don't know if that's what I'm looking to do in Amsterdam, but uh comes <laughs> to me. But you're from Cherokee County, or? I am. I have lived in the same house for my entire life. My parents got married in my front yard a year before I was born. Whoa. Yeah. If that's not Cherco, I don't know what it is. I know. They aren't from here. They uh, they actually had a magazine when they were looking for houses, however many years ago, they had a magazine wrongly delivered to their house, in, my mom's house in Buckhead, and it had our house in it and she they drove to Canton their first time to Canton and stopped at the fire station and asked for directions and then she said at the top of the driveway she just fell to her knees and cried and was like I'm going to die here and that was the end of that what's one formative experience that you've gone through that you would that you look back at the most I think being raised by my grandparents mostly was like a big sculpting part of my life Britt from early on in life was dealt an unfortunate hand of cards all while being raised by his grandparents. Uh, my parents both had their, their troubles in life, and thankfully I was blessed with 
you know, two sets of grandparents that really stepped in and, and they, um, you know, nurtured and loved and provided everything that I would ever really need. And I think if I had been given the same situation without my grandparents, I think I could have turned out very, very differently. He was a square block trying to fit in a circular hole within the walls of academic achievement. He did not attend college, and it seems his life has been a culmination of crossroads time and time again. And that is what makes Gregory Burt Rose so special. You know, looking back on it, I, I could have very well been uh, a kid, you know, displaced from their family or what have you, but I was blessed with a really great family, a pretty strong family. And It know, sounds like the universe has been very good to you. I like to think so. I try and be humble about it so it keeps working for me. But I think having my grandparents around my whole life has definitely been one of the best things to ever happen to me. Um, just getting to spend that quality time with uh, both sets. What are their names? Can you do you mind telling It's Carolyn and Bob Rose on my dad's side. And then uh, Sally and Steve Britt on my, on my mom's side. And you know, I'd hang out with my dad's side of the family through the week. And then on the weekends, I go hang out at Lake Lanier with my other grandparents. And, you know, life was good, you know. Couldn't, couldn't ask for a better, better time and better people to be around. And to have that perspective of the older generation, you know, really, I think, helped me along. Just having that, that constant wisdom around. And, you know, I messed up quite a bit through life just doing stupid things but they always loved me and they never turned their back on me and they just said well you gotta fix it and I always did because my worst fear in life was disappointing my grandparents they uh, they've always been my rock I think they're pretty proud of me they always want me to just be the the best Brit I can be and they don't judge me or frown upon anything I ever do. When I tell them I'm taking off to Asia for three months, they'd be like, well, have fun, be safe. We'll see you when you get home. I've always been very positive. My dad, he lives up in Charlotte, he's fine. Um, they both had their problems with alcohol. Um, and you know, I think it's a very easy thing to have happen to anybody if you're not careful. But my mom lost the battle to it. She passed away a few years ago, so. In a way, that was really one of the, you know, best influences in a bad way because you can actually see what can happen if you let these these claws, you know, whatever it might be, get a hold of you and, and not let go. That you, know, you can lose the battle, and you know, I always remember that. As far as, that's probably another thing that shaped me, be who I am. Seeing people that are wonderful, loving people struggle with addiction and you know one comes out on the better side and, and one loses the battle you know so always just being aware of that has helped me along. Brent's story is about resiliency. Friendships born inside a coffee chain, romance kindled from forwardness and determination, resilience driven by optimism and love and worldly experiences and a village that continues to raise him. The world has been Brit's classroom for years. 
His humble beginnings have shaped his relationships with strangers such as ourselves. But one conversation and a fist bump later, you're home. This podcast is produced by Bookshop Media, and you can find us on iTunes and our host site, bookshopmedia.com, or wherever your podcasts are found. If you have a lead to an interesting story to share, please visit bookshopmedia.com to submit your story.